Join us for the Living the Life broadcast on our series, Understanding the Goodness of God with Dr. Chooks Ugohe. Good evening. Welcome to another evening of studying God's Word together. I am Dr. Chucks Ugoehe. This is Understanding the Goodness of God uh, Masterclass. We have been on this study for quite a bit, a long, quite a while now. And we are, we are just grateful to God for the revelation and the understanding that is coming to us. Tonight is episode 268, episode 268. Can you believe it? We have been sharing this um, 268 episodes already. Yeah, we are. And um, the thought we have, uh, we are going to continue tonight is the goodness of God makes me, makes him my helper. The goodness of God makes him my helper. Today is part two. Yesterday was part one. If you, if you are just joining us for the first time today, please would you uh, kindly just look, look up part, part one, episode 267, uh, on our uh, YouTube channel or our Facebook page and just listen to what was taught yesterday because today is following up on what was shared yesterday. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, let's, let's hit it. Today we, we're going to kick off at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. One of the things that we said yesterday is that God is an absolutely strong God. He is so strong. His strength is infinite. There's, you can't measure his strength. You can't you can quantify his strength. Just like any other, every other um, attribute of the God we serve, God is infinite. He, he is quantityless. I mean, he's, he's unquantifiable, that's the word. He's unquantifiable. So we can't we can quantify his strength and put it in a can or put it in a measure. And the, the, the interesting thing about this infinite strength or limitless strength is that he makes it available to help man whose strength is limited. Okay, so, so he created us uh, uh, and, and then when we took on the, the human body, limitations came on us. So we have weaknesses because we are human. We have weaknesses because we are frail. We have weakness. We have frailties. Yeah? But these weaknesses, the, the Lord had a plan or, or has a plan to, to counter them. And that's what we're learning in this, in this uh, study. How do we, you know, uh, capture the strength of God and let him help us? In the moments when we are weak, in the moments when we 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 are limited or we are we are um, caged in, you know that life life has issues. Life throws curveballs at us. Life throws demands that we can't meet. There is nobody on the earth, even the wealthiest men on the earth, their money is not infinite. Their money is not infinite. They're, yeah, there are people who are sitting at, you know, almost $200 billion, maybe more. I don't even know what the figures are now. But that's finite money. That's finite. It, it will go. If they decide to share their money and start doling it out to all the inhabitants of the planet, they will go broke. <laughs> they will go broke. The only person who is able to meet everybody's need and, don't go, and, and he won't get broke is God. The only person who is able to share resources to everybody, and the more they share, the more they have, is God. Okay? Every other person is limited resource. So, so 
what we're learning here is how do we, first of all, is to understand the character of God, that his disposition towards our limitations, his disposition towards our weaknesses, his disposition towards uh, our frailties. And, and, and once you understand God's disposition towards our, your frailties, you are able to access his help in those frailties. You see, you, you, the only reason why you need help is because you are frail, you are weak, you have a limitation. That's why you need help. If you, if you, if you don't have a limitation, you don't need help. Yeah? If you don't have a limitation, you don't need help. So, so we, we talk about, you know, needing help because we have limitations. And you know, by the very nature of God, hold on, let's, let's, let me put out this thought. The God we serve, as the Bible reveals to us, is a three-in-one God. Okay? He is God the Father, He is God the Son, and He is God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, and God the Father, they are one. But they are three individual personalities, but they are one God. It's difficult for the mind of man to capture, but that's what the Bible reveals to us. And that's what I believe and that's what I teach. That God is three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and yet is one God. Alright. Now, God the Holy Spirit is revealed in the Bible as a helper. He is a helper. He is our helper. Why is God a helper? Because man needs him. Man needs help. Yes, man needs help because man has limitations. Man has weaknesses. Man has frailties. So, God in accommodating that already postured himself as a helper to man. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that because he knows we are weak, he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust, he also positioned himself as a helper to help whenever there are limitations, whenever there are burdens, whenever there are challenges, because of our humanity, he steps in. So, so must understand this about the, the character of the God we serve, that he is sympathetic to our weaknesses. He is sympathetic to our limitations. He is sympathetic to our, our frailties. And when you understand that, the first thing it does is that you become uh, merciful to yourself. You're not too hard on yourself. You become merciful to yourself. You become uh, uh, less judgmental on yourself, less hard and harsh on yourself. Number two is that you, you are able to extend the same to other people. You become gracious to other people. You, you, are, you are able to forgive the frailties of others. You are able to accommodate the frailties of others. Because now you have seen your, yourself and you have been able to receive the help of God. So you are able to give it to others. The Bible talks about us being able to comfort others by the comfort we have been comforted with. So when we receive from God, then we can give to others. We can't, we, we, we love because he first loves us. Okay? We, we, we help because he first helped us. The same principle. We, we accommodate others because he first accommodated us. We forgive because he first forgave us. But when people struggle to receive forgiveness, they, they end up str struggling to give forgiveness to other people. When people can't, you know, uh, uh, um, forgive themselves, they can't give it to other people because how can you give what you don't have? If you don't have forgiveness for yourself, how are you going to give it to somebody else? 
If you don't have mercy for yourself, how are you going to give it to somebody else? And people complain, talk about it all the time, that the church is made up of a, 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 an army that kills its own wounded soldiers. Because that's what we do. And the reason for that is because we don't know God. We don't know God's disposition to fa failure, God's disposition to weaknesses, God's disposition to uh, limitations, because we don't have a revelation of God like that. So we are not able to reflect that to our brothers and sisters when they need help, when they fail, when they falter. We, we are not able to help them because we don't know that about the God we serve. People still preach it, and I hear preachers preach preach and posture God as this hard, very mean, very uh, judgmental, you know, sin and I, boah, he, you know, he will just sm smash you. No, that's not the God we serve. You missed, you missed the boss, brother. A preacher man, you missed, you missed the flight. If that's what you're presenting as God, you missed the flight. God is a merciful God. God is a kind God. God is a good God. God is the helper of man. Let me say that again. Our God is a helper of man. Look at this scripture in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, let us therefore, because we have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses, who helps our frailties, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He is our help. He is our helper. We are learning how to obtain help from him. God says, come boldly. Then you're going to get help. Come boldly. You're going to get help. You know, the tendency when we make mistakes is that we, 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 we become uh, uh, reclusive, we withdraw, we, we become apprehensive of God, and we don't want to come to God because we have failed. But if we understand this about the goodness of God, if you understand this about the character of the God we serve, and his disposition towards your failure and towards your mistakes, you will come boldly. He says, let us come boldly. The, the reason for that is because we have a high priest who sympathizes who sympathizes with our weaknesses he understands it so so the the high priest is able to sympathize now that word sympathize there you know suggests compassion he identifies with the feeling he's touched the king james version actually says he is touched with the feeling of our infirmity he's touched by it yet he doesn't have infirmity this is this is important he doesn't have any weakness. The God we serve has no weakness. The God we serve has no weakness. However, by reason of his strength, by reason of him having no weakness, he has the ability to identify with your weakness. 
He has the ability to identify with your frailty. Bible says he is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He sympathizes with our weaknesses. He can identify with it. Yet he doesn't have it, but he can, he can identify with it. And the, the purpose of that identification, when he identifies with it, <laughs> there is an exchange. So he takes, he takes your weaknesses and makes his strength available to you. So a believer must be willing and able to cast the weakness, cast the burden, cast the failure, cast the frailty. I can't do it, Lord. That's admitting that you are weak. I can't do it, Lord. Once you make that admission and you say, Lord, help me. So what happens is that he takes your weakness. There's a divine exchange right there. He takes your weakness and he gives you strength. Listen, you know, many times I, I minister to people who do not know Jesus and I, I am trying to share the gospel to them. And people say, no, I, I understand what you're saying. My only challenge is that I don't think I'm ready to make a decision to follow Jesus right now. And I say, why? He said, because I, I, I don't think I can, I can make the commitment to not sin, not fall into temptation. You know, I, to live that life is going to be hard. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm ready for that because I don't want to promise you now. And then when you go, I go back to my old ways. And you see, what those people do not understand is this, that God is not embarrassed by your proclivity. God is not embarrassed by your weakness. God is not embarrassed by your vulnerability. Instead, he's actually attracted to it. Ah, he's attracted to it. To do what? To take it from you and give you his strength. To take it from you. And it's something that happens supernaturally. He takes away the weakness and gives you his strength. He's your helper. He helps you to walk. Listen, there is none of us who is born again. None of us who is following Jesus that is doing it in our own strength. No, we are, we are standing because we are helped. Let me say that again. We are standing because we are helped. So, so if you are wondering, you know, can I ever stand? Can I ever be strong? Can I ever be without sin? Can I ever be without this weakness? Without this failure? Can I ever, you know, can I ever do this? Can I ever live the Christian life? The big answer is yes. But how you do it is by taking on his strength and then him taking away your weakness. Our high priest is able to take our weakness and give us his strength. And he actually wants to do that. He wants to do that. Listen, listen. If you understand the, the heart of God and the true, the true disposition and posture of heart of God towards you, you will embrace him. You will love him. You will serve him. You will walk with him. The reason why you are walking away and running away from God and being rebellious is because you don't know his heart towards you. He loves you. He wants to help you. He is your helper. He, his disposition towards your frailty is he identifies with it and then takes it from you and then gives you his strength. He takes it from you and gives you his strength. So, so you got to understand this about the heart of God towards man. Okay, so when we release our weakness to him, when we release our failure to him, when we release our, our inability to him, oh, I can't pray, oh, I can't give, oh, I can't live holy, oh, I can't get away from this sin, I am con continuously falling into the sin, it's okay. 
All you need to do is to be honest with yourself and accept that I need help. <laughs> I need help. And then make a demand for help from God. And as you make a demand from help from God, he comes in to identify with the weakness and then takes it away from you. The problem is that when he wants to take it away from you, will you be willing to release it? Will you be willing to release it? Because as long as you hold on to the weakness and claim it's yours, it's, that's the problem. Satan tells you, you will never be able to come out of this thing. You will never be able to break free from this habit. You will never be able to break free from this sin that you keep falling. Every time you keep falling, you will never be able to. It's, it's who you are. It's a lie. It's not who you are. It's not who you are. So if the devil convinces you that you are not able to break out of the weakness, you can't release it. So you hold on to it. And you say, my weakness. I was born with this you know, weakness. It's a, it runs in our family. You claim the weakness. And you hold on to the weakness. And as you do that, then you make it impossible for God to take it away from you. How if I hold on to this face tower and hold it so strong in my hands, you can't take it from me. And the thing is that God will not roughshod you to snatch it from you. No, no, no. God is such, you know, the Holy Spirit is such a gentle spirit. He's so gentle. He can't snatch it from you. So when you're holding it and claiming, well, you know who I am. You know, this is how I am. I, you know, I, 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 it's not my fault. I was born like this. It runs in our family. Everybody in our family is hot-tempered. So I'm, you know, this is, this is, no, it's not true. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are not stuck with this weakness so stop claiming the weakness stop holding on to the weakness you got to learn how to release the weakness open your hands present it the bible actually says cast your cares cast your burden yes that constant failure has become a burden to you that constant mistake that you keep making has become a burden to you jesus says cast that burden to me when you do that he catches it and by, by you releasing the burden from your hand, and your hand is now empty, what happens? Your hand is now available to take on his strength. Your hand is now available to take on his strength. And then you take on his strength. The Bible says in the scripture we read, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but, 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 I want you to see that. But was in all points tempted as we are. He was tempted at all points. So there is nothing you are going through he didn't go through. He was tempted at all points. But the difference is that he did not sin. He did not collapse. He did not capitulate. No, he didn't, you know, didn't crash. So because he didn't crash, listen to this. Because he didn't crash, he knows how to stop you from crashing. <laughs> he knows how to stop you from crashing. He knows how to pick you up. Because he didn't crash. He can help you. He can pull you up again. He can help you. And all you need to do is to understand this nature. That he is not embarrassed by your failure. He's not embarrassed by your sin. He's not embarrassed by your mistake. No, he's not. He's not even judgmental towards you. Mm -mm. He's not judgmental towards you. you he, his strength comes to wrap around that weakness so that the weakness can be overwhelmed and the weakness can be, you know, cut off from you. That's the God we serve. Now, now, now uh, uh, let, let, me, let me give you two instances or maybe more. But let me give you two instances. 
So, so you understand how he is. Our, his goodness makes him our helper. A woman was caught in adultery in John chapter 8. And they brought this woman to the master. And basically, they wanted to trap the master. And, 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 and they, they said to him, no, Moses taught us that anytime anybody is caught in adultery, we should stone the person. <laughs> we should stone him by the law of Moses. This person has a death sentence on their head. What do you say? Because they've been hearing Jesus teach about his mercy, teach about kindness, teach about the goodness of God, teach about that God is a helper. So they put him in a situation where they wanted him to, to say, okay, you know, <laughs> don't obey the law of Moses. Then they will say, ah, you disobey. And then they stone Jesus as well. Or, you know, they just wanted to put, they put him in, they thought they put him in a tight corner. But what they don't know is that the master is the master. So when they brought this woman, they said they caught her in the very act of adultery. And they put her right there. Jesus says, fine, it's fine. You know, yeah, you guys are quoting the law of Moses. You are right. Moses says, you know, stone the person. Okay, I'm going to give you permission. Which of you that doesn't have a sin? Let the first person, you know, who doesn't have a sin, lift up the stone and, and throw the stone. I, I, I didn't say you shouldn't throw the stone. But let him that doesn't have a sin throw the stone. <laughs> and he bent down to start writing on the floor. And while he was doing that, they started walking away one after the other. They started leaving one after the other. The story is in John chapter 8. In case you have never read it before, go read John chapter 8. You're going to see the story. And they started walking away. They started walking away. After a while, Jesus ob observed or noticed that there was no one around. And he lifted up his head. And he said to the woman, Woman, where are your accusers? Where are the people who, who wanted to stone you? Jesus says, they, the woman said to Jesus, no, they've all left. <laughs> they all dropped their stones and left. And then this is, this is where I'm going to. Jesus looked at the woman. He says, neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. What does that mean? Because the goodness of God makes him our helper, not our condemner. He makes him our helper, not our condemner. So when we fall, he is not your condemnation. He is not your judge. He is your father who helps you. He is your father who helps you. So, so you got to understand this, that his, his responsibility towards you as a father is, you know, okay, let me explain this. God is also a judge. Understand this. But he is not a judge to his children. He's a father to his children, not a judge. <laughs> he's a judge to the wicked, but he's a father to his children. And if the wicked will repent to become his child, then they will experience his fatherly care and his fatherly love. Many people misunderstand this. They say, no, but God is a judge. God is a, God is a judge to the wicked, but a father to his children. So, when we make mistakes and when we fail, he shows up as a helper to help pick you up and restore you. Let me give you the second story. A, a son, a man has two, two sons. This story is found in Luke chapter 16. A man has two sons. The younger son wakes up one morning and don't know what he drank. I don't know what he ate. He woke up one morning and said to his father, I want to leave the house. 
I want to go and find my own way and set up my own life. Give me my own portion of inheritance. I, I, I am entitled to some inheritance in this house because I'm a son. So give me my own portion of inheritance. Let me be going. This father says, but I'm still alive. I'm not dead. Inheritance is normally shared when people die. He says, I don't care. I don't care. Just give it to me now. Just give it to me now. Basically, he's saying, you have expired. You can die. Give me my own. I'm going. Anyway, he collects. They give him. He collects inheritance. He goes, sells whatever they gave him, converts it to cash, and takes off. And takes off. He's gone. Bible says he, he goes off to a far country. He leaves South Africa and goes all the way to Brazil. He, he goes, he goes far. And then he engages all that resource in riotous living. He was frolicking with harlots, frolicking with prostitutes, drinking. You know, riotous, Bible says it was riotous living, meaning a life that has no boundaries, a life that has no order. A life that just anyhow, hey, hey, hey. he walks into a bar, he just declares everybody drink, 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 and he was just paying, 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 paying until the money finished. When the money finished, all the friends ran away. All the people who helped him eat the money, they ran away. And he began to be in want. There was even no food to eat. He ends up in a pig sty with a pig farmer, you know, because that was the only job that was available. And the farmer says, "Okay, it's fine." Look after my pig. The guy who was working here, you know, last week resigned and left. These pigs, they need a caretaker, you know. So look after my pig and I will pay you so-so amount. Okay, the guy said, that's fine. So the guy starts looking after the pigs. But the man was not paying him. <laughs> the man was not paying him. The man says there's been load shedding. Economy is bad. <laughs> the economy is bad. The pigs are not selling in the market. God have mercy. You know, so he was starving. And Bible says he would, he would struggle with the pigs for food. And while he was in this, in this de, you know, destitute, decrepit situation, he, 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 he realizes one day, Bible says he comes to himself. And he says to himself, my father, my father, I know the character of my father. I know him. The people that are working for my father, I see how he takes care of them. I'm going to go home. I know the heart of my father. I'm going to go beg him for forgiveness. I know I've done wrong. I know that I insulted him. I, I, was, I was really out of line. I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to beg him and ask him for forgiveness. And the moment he made that decision, the devil couldn't hold him. The devil couldn't stop him. He got up and he left and he went home. Now, what happened when he got home? It's very important. I say that the goodness of God makes him our helper. The Bible says his father sights him from a way, a long distance, a way off from the house. And the father was sitting right there on top. Maybe it was a story building, I don't know. But it looks like it was. Because he saw him from afar. And he comes down and runs to his son. His father runs to meet the son halfway. That's the father's heart. He's our helper. Do you know that his father didn't, didn't see him coming? And his father say, ah, stupid boy, idiot. He has, he has ruined his life, finished all that money. Look at the rags that he's wearing and he's coming back home. And please lock the gates. Don't let that idiot come in here. That wasn't the attitude of the father. The father instead ran out of the gate and ran towards his son to hug him, to embrace him. 
You know, the son was running, running the script of the apology he had rehearsed. The father did not pay attention to that apology. Instead, the father was so overjoyed that the son came back. And what did he do? He ordered that the torn clothes, he was wearing rags, the torn clothes that he was wearing be removed from him. He ordered the sandals be put on his feet. He ordered ring be put on his finger. He ordered food be made and a party be declared. My son was dead. Now he's alive. My son was lost. Now he is found. Did you see? The, the, the strength of the father was released to cover the weakness of the son. The failures of the son, by giving him the ring, was a restoration of sonship. By putting sandals on his feet was to restore him to dignity. Because he has lost all dignity. To change his clothes from rags to the rich purple robe, to rich robe, that's what was given to him. Can you see? That's the attitude of the father when you have messed up. I don't know who you are. Maybe you've messed up. You've squandered resources. You've squandered opportunities. And you are feeling you are feeling you don't deserve another chance in life. You don't deserve another chance. You know, you know, in, 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 in listen, this is 2023. The father is giving you the chances all over again. The father is giving you the chances all over again. The opportunities you lost, the father is giving to you again. He is your helper. You may have lost time. You may have lost opportunity. You may have done some stupid things. He is giving it to you back because his strength reaches out to your weakness. So he wants to, to make an exchange because what happened to that prodigal son? There was an exchange. There was an exchange. The father took away all the things that associated with the, with the destitute lifestyle that the boy was living. All the things that associated with the failure the boy had gotten himself into. The father took it away from him. And what did happen? The father gave him status. The father gave him status in the house as a son. So, 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 so the, the, the paraphernalia of sonship were restored to him. And the, 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 the identifiers and the markers of failure were taken off away from him. This is why I say to you, God is, the goodness of God makes him your helper. So the things that, that has identified you as a failure, he's taking it away from you. The things, whether, you know, lack, whether it's, you know, I don't know, the mistakes you made and what they did to you. Maybe there are scars, scars, sin, sin leaves scars. Listen, sin leaves scars. But can I tell you something? When you understand this message I'm sharing in this series, the, the father is able and capable of taking away those scars. Sin has created scars in your subconscious, in your heart, affected some deep wounds on you. That's what sin does. But I'm telling you now, when you understand this and reach out to the goodness of God, he, the, 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 the nature of God it will, will overwhelm the failures and take away the scars. God is not your judge. God is your father. Let me say that again. God is not your judge. God is your father. He wants to father you the way that that prodigal son, when he came back in repentance, because remember it was when he repented 
and said, you know what, you know what repentance is? Repent, repentance means to change your mind. He changed his mind. I don't belong to the pigsty. I can't, I, 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 this, I am bigger than this. I am better than this. And he changed his mind. I'm not going to identify with this failure. Yes, I failed. Yes, I made a mistake, but I'm not going to identify with it anymore. With it anymore. This is not who I am. This is not who I am. I, I, I am not that broke, poor person. No, 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 no. I, that's not who I am. I am rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am blessed. I am the son of a wealthy man. This is not who I am. Uh -uh. You may have identified with failure for so long, but that's not who you are. You may have identified with lack for so long, that's not who you are. You may have identified with sin for so long, that's not who you are. He, he said to him, I, I, this is not who I am. I reject it. I told you in the beginning, you got to give up the weakness. You got to refuse to be identified with it. Don't say I'm a fornicator. I can never become a righteous person. Don't say I'm an adulterer. I can never become. Don't say I'm a liar. Don't say I'm a murderer. I can never. That's not who you are. That's who Satan wants you to think that you are. He's lying to you. You are a child of God. If you will repent and if you will accept him into your heart today and say, Lord forgive me I, I i i i missed my way i made some stupid mistakes i am not a fornicator i'm a child i'm your child i'm a, i'm a child of a holy god i am not a thief i'm a child of a holy god i am not a murderer i'm a child of a holy god i am not this prostitute i'm a child of a holy god when you make that decision and say i give up these weaknesses i i i roll it to you guess what happens what happened to that boy as he got home? There was an exchange. They took away the rags and gave him a rich robe. That's strength. They took away the weakness and gave him strength. Are you getting me? They took away, you know, he, 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 he came home barefooted, bare, barefooted. They took away that barefootedness and gave him sandals. He came home as a beggar, as a, a servant, as a slave, because he had no ring in his hand. They took that away from him and they gave him the ring of sonship. He, he came home, you know, feeling like a second class citizen. They threw a big party. They killed a fatted calf, the best calf in the house. They killed it through a party. Everybody eats. It was a bride, man. With, with all sorts of, they brought musicians to celebrate. This is what I'm telling you. Our God, our God is a helper of our weaknesses. Let me tell you the last story. And I, I believe these stories will help you get the concept of what I'm sharing today. Let me give you the last story. David, the king, one day, when kings go to war, he chose not to go to war. He chose to sit at home and sleep. When he woke up from sleep, he was walking around his balcony and he looked and he saw a beautiful woman bathing. He, he was consumed by lust. He was consumed by lust. And the lust held him so much that he sent his servants to go and get that girl. I must sleep with that woman, whoever she is. And, and he, he, he sent them and they brought the woman. And him being the king, uh, you know, and he made the demand and the woman agreed and, you know, he had his way. He had his way. He slept with the woman. And it was the, the, the wife of his, his, one of his men, one of his strong men, one of his soldiers, one of his trusted, trusted soldiers. And after he had his way with the girl, he, the girl went back home. And after a short you know what? Get sent, 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 sent him a WhatsApp message. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And, and, and the king, 
realizes, my goodness, we are in trouble here. What are we going to do? So he tries to, to see what damage control measure he could put in place. And he, 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 he tried to get the husband to come back so that the husband can, can have intimacy with his wife so that the baby can be masked. But the man refused to go home. Uh, after he was plied with alcohol and so on, he refused to go sleep with his wife. He refused to go home. So, <laughs> the king says, okay, you think you're smart. The king writes a letter and gives him. He takes the letter to the battlefield. And basically, the letter was a, an assassination letter. And when the, the general saw the letter, he wondered, my God, why does the king want to kill this guy? But my, who am I to question? So, he, he obeys the instructions that were in the letter, and the guy gets killed. So basically, the king killed him. The guy gets killed in the battle. And when the guy gets killed in the battle, the man comes out, the king comes out. Hey, my servant is dead. Oh, and he left a widow. Hey, what are we going to do? Ah, hey, you know what? Let me take care of this woman. Let me take her. We can't leave her to be vulnerable. We can't leave her to be a widow. Let me take her. And that was what he thought through to do. Let me take her in and, you know, and everybody will clap for the king. You are such a noble person. You know, you are, you are taking care of people who, who, who you know, got killed in the, in, the, in the war. You are taking care of their widows. It's a lie. When he took this woman in as his wife, the king thought it was over. The king, he thought it was over. The prophet of God heard the word from the Lord to say, go and confront the king on his sin. And the prophet Nathan came Long story cut short, he confronted the king on his sin. And this is the part. When the king realized that he, he had been confronted by God, he did not argue. He admitted, I am the man. I'm the one who sinned. I did it. He owned up. I was wrong. I have sinned against God. What do I do? And the Bible teaches that he became repentant. He became repentant. What does it mean to repent? He changed his mind. So he did not hold on to the position of failure. He did not hold on to the position of being a, an adulterer and a murderer. He repented. He turned that sin back to God and made himself available to receive forgiveness. And guess what? He was forgiven. But this is the thing part that I'm bringing out here. When he was forgiven... When the strength of God was given him for his weakness, he was forgiven. This is what God did. That baby that was conceived died because there was already judgment that that baby would die. So that baby died. But this is God for you. He was forgiven and the woman was, and now, I mean, she's now a wife. God turned that woman to become the mother because she fell pregnant a second time and, and, and gave birth to a, a boy, a, a child called Solomon. God turned Solomon to be the next king after David. Isn't it interesting that when God turned around David's situation, the mistake became a miracle. The mistake became a miracle. This is what God does with your weakness. He will turn every mistake into a miracle. 
or he would turn every mistake into a miracle that works for you. This mistake David made became a miracle. Solomon was born from Beersheba and Beersheba entered the house from the back door. Beersheba entered the house through adultery and murder. But do you know Beersheba became the mother of the next king of Israel? This is who God is. He's, the goodness of God makes him your helper. So you may, you may have made some mistakes. Please, if you can release those mistakes to the Lord and repent, you are going to watch these mistakes become miracles. You're going to watch these mistakes become miracles. That's who God is. So there's no point, listen to me, there's no point living in regret. There's no point living in, in weeping and gnashing your teeth. No, living and wallowing in the debt and wallowing in the failure. No, it's not necessary. All you need to do is repent. Stop doing it. You can't expect to receive his strength when you're still holding on to the weakness. You can't expect to receive his upliftment when you're still holding on to the failure. You can't. Release the failure. Repent of the failure. Give it up. And then his strength comes pouring like a flood. His, his strength, his forgiveness pours like a flood. This is the God we serve. God is father to you, not George. I'm done. Receive him as father. And let your life change in 2023. I'm going to continue tomorrow to, to unpack this. The goodness of God makes him my helper. Good night. God bless you. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.